Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. I am at Bell International Laboratories, another fine Minnesota-made company located in Egan, Minnesota. Across from me is the founder, the CEO of Bell, Mo Soremi. Did I get that right, Mo? Perfect. All right, good. I appreciate you having me in here today, Mo. You got an impressive facility here. Well, thank you so much. So, you know, let's see. Where should we start with this? I think uh, I find it interesting how quickly you have grown. I know you've been in the industry for quite a long time and uh, sold a company similar to this, but in the last 11 years, man, a lot has happened. So let's, let's take it from the beginning, the very, very beginning. Oh, by the way, listeners, 350 employees, is that right, Mo? Correct. And you guys uh, specialize in, I don't know, sun care products? Skin care, but mainly sun care. Okay. All right. 350 employees, huge facility. What was it, like 200 and some square feet at this location? Uh, 225,000 square feet. 225,000 square feet at this location. And is there another one or no? Yes, there's another one uh, about a mile down the road uh, for another 100,000 square feet. Wow. Wow. Impressive. Mo, where are you from? What was childhood um, like? Well, I'm from Iran okay. originally. I came here when I was 16 years old. Uh, I went to uh, school in New York, uh, actually in Long Island, Hofstra University. And then the revolution happened, and then I had to find, I had two options. Option number one, go back. And option number two, is stay here. And I choose option number two. Yeah. So the university that I was attended was very expensive. There was no money coming from Iran after revolution and war and all those not very good things. Yes. So uh, I decided to come to a place that is more in Midwest, but more likely a place that also have a value. Uh, what kind of value? Life, uh, living, uh, friendly Okay. And uh, so my cousin told me that he graduated from the Mankato State University. He said, there is a great school there that you can go there and study. And I said, fantastic. Uh, you know, quite different than New York, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, right? That was a shocker. How did, how did you land in New York out of all places? Uh, New York, uh, I had uh, in my previous life almost <laughs> like a um, program. I was working for, I had a scholarship from Ministry of Education from Iran, and I was supposed to study uh, chemistry. And then uh, after that, uh, I was supposed to go back and work in oil refinery. You know, oh. Iran is, what it has, a reservoir of oil. So, yes. so I uh, went to Hofstra, and I had the acceptance and, uh, from MIT, and I was about to stay in Hofstra University for about a year, then transferred to MIT. And of course, everything fell apart after the revolution. Yeah. So I ended up from MIT to Mankato State. But to this state, I actually so happy I did. <laughs> you know, in the beginning, you're almost depressed, you know, upset. Sure. I was supposed to be in MIT. Now I'm here. Right? Yeah, right. But it all worked out very nicely. And uh, the rest of it is a... Yeah. Do you still have family in New York? I, I do not, but I do have family in Iran. Oh, uh, and then, of course, I'm married here and, you know, I have a child. So it's, um, 
you know, it's my home, you know. Yes. I, I, I really sometimes I think about it because I've not go, gone back in more than, God knows, three and a half decades. Uh, okay. So I don't even know how to adjust myself. You are very good back to Iran. <laughs> you wow. know, it's just, but it's, uh, you has been amazing to me. America has been amazing to me. Um, uh, life was not always easy, but I can tell you that uh, I'll do it again if I had the choice. Yeah, that had to be quite a culture shock. Were you able? Were you, could you speak English when you came over to uh, New York? Uh, you know, you have to go through some uh, uh, certain tests before you are eligible to even get a scholarship. And I was in the top of the class. That's why they, I had a scholarship. So not really. I mean, whatever you learn, it was uh, just books. And uh, sure. so not to the degree of being able to talk. Yeah. Sometimes I still think I'm not able to talk as much as I want to talk. <laughs> you do great, man. <laughs> but but also I've forgotten my own Persian. <laughs> so it's, I don't know what language you have to find. Uh, Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you sound like you're uh, very academic. Like, uh, did studies come easy for you? Or was it uh, bred into you by your parents at a young age, had the importance of... Uh, academia type thing or where does that come from well academia and education was very top uh, in our family uh, i came from a family that are all educated and so uh, the emphasis was for me to you can have your education and that will never be away from you and yeah. if you fail from any situation, you always can rely on your education. So yes. that was from the very beginning carved to my brain that this yeah. is it. Education was important. No matter how much life was difficult and troubling, uh, but uh, it was something that uh, was in my DNA from yeah. very early age. So yeah, um, okay. you can tell that. And for that reason, education today for my employees are my number one priority because I want to have a post-education for many of these uh, young people that are here. I want them to edu educate themselves, train themselves. So yeah, that, that kind of the, uh, transcended to uh, my own employee as, yeah. as well, you know, yeah. from my own personal life. And uh, you have one child? I have one daughter, yes. Yeah, how old is she? She's 29. 29. Did she uh, follow the, uh, the academia path as uh, you once did? Yes, but I didn't put any pressure on her. So she could have been in a family business. She didn't okay. want that. And she wanted to have her own business and uh, doing her own thing. But yes, she has, uh, she's not right not doing a graduate school, but uh, she has an undergraduate in uh, global uh, study. Okay, okay. And uh, being becoming a business owner, is that, uh, that entrepreneurship, did that come from your family also? Or did you uh, pave the trail on that one? Well... Yes and no. Uh, my father was a colonel in the Imperial Guard uh, um, long ago. And uh, when he retired, he chose to go into uh, businesses. But every business that she, he touched really didn't go anywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, That's not a good sign. Uh, not not yeah. a good sign. So I always told my, uh, my dad that, you know, I should just stick with the uh, army. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that kind of the entrepreneurship... Mainly came from my mom more okay. than that, even though she was a uh, housewife. But she sure. always encouraged me and encouraged all her children to, you know, you can do better, you can do best, uh, you know, yeah. work for yourself, you know, things like this. Sure. Yeah. So that kind of come from my mother. Good. Yeah. Do you have any siblings that came over to the United States? Uh, no. Oh. I have two older 
sisters that they're still in Iran and, you know, uh, so what we do uh, reunite here or in Europe. So yeah, every year. And uh, uh, coming from uh, Iran, going to Mankato, yeah. did you feel accepted? Uh, were, were there a lot of hurdles? Did well, you? this was during the hostage crisis. And of course, at the time being a young 16 years old, 17 year old kid, uh, you feel like that you're a victim. Yeah. But I didn't want to continue feeling victim because I always look at the positive side. Uh, I felt like that if I am in their shoes, uh, I would probably be upset and angry sure. that another nation took my uh, embassy hostages. So I really, I can tell you this, I really didn't see anything negative. Okay. So I, I, I'm not going to be saying something that is not there. Sure. Right? So it's, it, no, I didn't. Okay, good, good. A quick message from our sponsors. This podcast was brought to you by Minnesota Risk Partners, specializing in risk management and insurance services for Minnesota-based companies. Check them out at minnesotariskpartners.com. All right, so you're in Mankato, and uh, I don't know, were you living on campus and getting to know each other and, and on doing, campus. doing yeah. your studies and breezing through college, uh, lickety-splits? Did you meet your future wife uh, down in Mankato then? Yes, I'm actually... Uh, remarried my first wife yes okay. in, uh, in Mankato uh, gotcha. and as a student we both you know very young I married when I was like 21 years old I just think about it <laughs> 21 years old you're not supposed to get married at that age right yeah right okay so you graduate from Mankato in what, what's your major what are your degrees in uh, degree in uh, chemistry analytical chemistry and then graduate degree in uh, analytical chemistry as well okay and then what you just uh, hey man I'm going to go open up a, a, a massive manufacturing facility <laughs> and then employ hundreds of people. Well, like, what was the path you took? Well, I work in a small veterinary medicine called Vent Laboratory, W-E-N-D-T, William Vent. So I went, after my graduation, I went to his, and he was in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Quite a character guy, very nice guy. And so he interviewed me and he said, you got a job, Mo. I said, great. So... And this was quality control. And mm -hmm. of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, it has nothing to do with the consumer health that I'm doing here yeah. in veterinary medicine. But one day he came in, we had about five, six chemists. One day he came into my office and, or to my desk, I have to say, and he threw out a bunch of cosmetic lotion and uh, cream. And he said, Mo, I just bought a cosmetic company. Go make this product for me. And I was very angry. I said, I said, Inside, of course. Well, there are five other chemists. Why me? And back then, there wasn't Google or anything like this. I had to drive all the way to <laughs> University of Minnesota. But that, I'm so happy he did. Because yeah. that got me into cosmetic, got me into the uh, consumer health. Yeah. Therefore, you know, the rest of it is history. I'm, that's where I'm up today. So that really made the foundation of me getting more interested in consumer health. Sure, sure. So you were a chemist doing quality control for a veterinarian type product? Uh, food producing animals, you know, a lot of antibiotic, et cetera, okay. et cetera. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he put you to task on coming up with and manufacturing some type of skincare product. Uh, yes. And uh, you took the bull by its horns and... Uh, Made it happen, huh? Well, it wasn't that easy <laughs> because my initial formulas were just like a paste. It was like a 
ball, you know. And yeah. but you know, my mother was here, and my number one cheerleader was my mother. My and I said, oh, nice. go get more. Uh, this is great. And even though I knew these products are not good, but she encouraged me to keep going. Uh, keep going. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, twenty years later, I bought that company. Oh wow! <laughs> yes. Cool. So uh, you, you you worked for that company quite a long time. Were you working there? That no, time, that time? two years. Two, two years. years. Okay. Yeah. And then and then what? What did you do after that? After that, uh, because he sold his company to another uh, outfit, and I went to work for Minneapolis Medical Research Foundation. Okay. Which we did the kinetic study on uh, half life of drugs. Uh, so we did a lot of pharmacokinetic uh, uh, laboratory. I did there. I had some publication there, uh, and then after that. I went and worked for University of Minnesota as a uh, lab manager at, in at chemical in chemical engineering department, and I was there for another two years. Then I decided, okay, uh, I need to do consulting and I need to do uh, more things because life at the university was very boring for me. Mm. Was there was not many things to do. You go teach one class and then you do a, a couple hours of research and. The rest of it is, uh, you know, coffee and reading. And yeah. I just, this didn't go with my entrepreneur uh, mentality. So I decided to come out and do, uh, uh, be on my own. It's a risk, yeah. but. Yeah, it's kind of scary. How old were you at this time? At that time, I believe I was like uh, almost 27, 28, 29, 26, 27. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Late so, 20s, working at the university, getting a salary, and you're deciding, hey, I'm going to go out on my yeah, own. Yeah. I always believe that nothing in life uh, worthwhile if you're not willing to uh, take a risk on it. Yes. Really yes, nothing. Yes. So. so what was that first risk you took? Well, the just not having a steady paycheck, yeah, and yeah. going after customers and yeah. uh, doing things that and, and I'm, you know, unknown. Yeah. But uh, so you started hard. a business, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I started yeah. my own consulting business in the consulting. consumer health, okay, and formulation, etc., uh, compliance, regulatory compliance, food and drug, and so yeah, it it was difficult, and uh, and everybody who's done consulting knows that it's a, either it's a feast or famine. Sure. Uh, it's that type of the, you know. Yeah. How long did you do the consultant thing? Uh, for a few years and uh, maybe four, f- three, four years. And then uh, had the opportunity, consulted for a company called International Beauty Laboratories. And uh, had the opportunity, the company was pretty good, but it was not managed very well. So had the opportunity to actually buy that. Oh, and, wow. Uh, the way I bought it is that uh, I went and made a deal with different entities and bank and other places and 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 vendors and suppliers and uh we kind of the kept a company that was going to be bankrupt we rescued it and uh um, okay. you know made yeah. a very beautiful company yeah so you bought that yes okay yes. and uh you mentioned it wasn't managed that well and on your bookshelf over there i noticed the book traction yeah yeah, yeah. i send that to i give that to Many of my uh, employees to read. Yeah, it. yeah, I give it. I give that book out a lot too. It's, yeah. a, it's a great, it's a great uh, way to run a business, isn't sure. it? Sure, yeah. absolutely. And um, all right, so you bought that company, and uh, how'd that go? That very good, very good. And then um, three years later, and at that time I had a partner. Three years later, uh, my partner wanted to come out, and it was a very good f- uh, friend. And I said, okay, well, let's sell it. So we sold it, and. Uh, 
Of course, that was the biggest mistake I did uh, because I, really <laughs> I'm a young man and yeah. I, you know, I have this money, but uh, really, but I'm not doing anything that I want to do. Yeah. So uh, I had non-compete, so I had to go and make sure that I do something that is completely different. So I went and bought, as I said, the uh, uh, Vent Laboratory, uh, oh, yeah. the uh, pharmaceutical company. Okay. And then, then I also had the partners. And then uh, a few years later, uh, I decided that if, the kind of a vision I have, it requires no partnership. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so I, uh, we, uh, uh, I kind of bought him out, uh, okay. or, or he bought me out, whatever sure. you know. Sure. And um, then about eleven years ago, we established uh, Bell Lab, yeah. uh, Bell International Laboratories, focusing only in uh, contract manufacture of consumer health. Contract manufacturing of consumer health. So what's the layperson's term for that? Contract laboring. So can't contract manufacturing. So if I have an idea or if I have a, uh, something I want made, but I don't have the resources or facilities to do so, I could hire you to do that as long as it falls under that consumer health umbrella, which is quite broad, wouldn't you say? It is. Uh, it all depends on it could be sometimes considered as OTC over-the-counter drugs, which yeah. is a different set of the regulation and sometimes just a cosmetic. Yes, but yeah, you explained it perfectly. Okay. Uh, and of course, we don't do with the individual. Uh, when we were smaller, it was yes, but now we uh, still I do some uh, emerging brand which are new, but I know they are clean ingredients. They're good. They have the great marketing plan and in a good part of the uh, distribution. So, but in general, now these days, because we're very well known in our industry, they come to us with their idea and, or sometimes transfer technology they gave us and say, hey, can you make these and modify it? But most of the time, or I have to say over 90%, everything that we do here is our platform. It's something that we have researched ourselves and just uh, the customers will come and utilize them and they put their own signature oh, sure. uh, last ingredients. So. so an example of that might be, um, I have an idea for a new, I don't know, sunblock. And it go, when you spray it on, it looks neon green and it smells like limes. Uh, so I want your help to create something like that. And, uh, I mean, I'm not saying you take that project on, but that could be something like an example. Right? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And most people that come to us, they really have a very broad information of where they are going with the market. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we re review this. We, we think if there's validity to it, then we pursue it. Yeah. I see that, you know, I deal a lot with contractors also, and there's a lot of construction firms out there as part of their name, you know, my name's Jason. <clears throat> so my contracting firm might be Jason Design Build. You know, I see that a lot. The, the, the words design and build as part of a lot of contractors' names that kind of fulfill that same, I guess, uh, need in the market on the construction side of things, uh, that design build component of it. And on that note, you mentioned uh, research. Um, you guys are heavy into the research. You're kind of always staying on the cutting edge, aren't you? Absolutely. In order to be uh, uh, successful in the consumer health, you need to know where the trend is, what the new ingredients are, where the market is going to go, and then you want to be ahead of that. 
Yeah. So at least two to three years ahead of the curve. So yes, we're very big in the research. I, being a, a scientist myself, I pride ourselves with the numerous laboratories that we have, and we want to have a one-shop place where you come, for example, with your idea. Uh, we make this idea happen in a form of the product for you. Uh, then we do quality control check on this. Then we do analytical control on this. We do a stability testing. And more important, one of the things that we have here that is not many of our competitors have is the clinical lab mm. where, uh, you know, there are in vivo and in vitro testing that we do with the, either human subjects or a skin graft. So you can have actually that claim that has been tested. Yes. Yeah, can you talk about, the, you know, one of the, probably the most interesting part of the tour was uh, the three pools. Yes. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yes. Uh, well, actually, these are uh, uh, pool or jacuzzis that are being made in one particular company in Canada. It simulate three conditions, ocean, pool, and lake. So, depend on and we have to actually test it on those three conditions. Yes. And we have, uh, as you saw, there's three jacuzzi or three whirlpool there. Uh, two subjects or two people can sit uh, yeah. in each one of them, so six at a time. And uh, you see in some of the sunscreen, it says 40 minutes or 80 minutes water resistance. Yeah. Well, there is a process going on with that. You know, sure. the process is very tedious and very <laughs> hard. So you get people and you apply the cream on their right shoulders, and then they go back and will review this under the UV A and B to make sure after 40 minutes how much of that uh, product is still absorbed. Uh, yeah. and, and so that if it's 40 minutes indeed, then we can uh, substantiate the claim. It says 40 minutes. If it's not, back to drawing board in yeah. formulation part. Oh, Something is not quite right, quite right here. Yes, okay. absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. So I got two boys, they are uh, eight and nine years old, and I buy that spray-on sunscreen. Yes. And some of it does say waterproof or water-resistant. And uh, so there has to be uh, some proof behind yeah. that claim before you can put yeah. that on the can. Actually, uh, water-resistant is the correct terminology. FDA does not like to have to see any waterproof because okay. you know, you, nothing is waterproof. Yeah. But water-resistance, yeah. Now, I don't know if this is like urban myth or, uh, you know, lies on the internet, but, you know, I seen, I remember some claims that somebody used spray on sunscreen and they had a bad reaction to it. It caused their, their skin to get red or blister or something. I can't remember. Is that a thing? Was that a thing? Well, it all depends on, you know, there are millions, millions of people that were using these. Some people have, uh, preconditions, uh, skin pro, uh, and and people can be allergic reaction to so many chemicals. Sure. For majority of people, you don't see that problem, but yeah. there are some people that could have that. Sure. And of course, uh, part of the things that we do here when we do our uh, sensitivity test, skin test, is we want to make sure that it, the most sensitive person uh, we tried on them before we go to the general population. Yeah. And so, yes, yes, you, you can see some, but it yes, also, everything. It, yeah, it, yeah, it also depends on if that person had, uh, you know, is taking another medicine that can yeah. inter interact with, uh, with the products. Yes, but it's quite possible. Yes. Okay. 
Now, it sounds like you have a rather large market share uh, in these uh, skincare products. And I, was it particular to uh, sunscreen? Yes, and mainly on sun, sunscreen, which hopefully soon all the chemicals will be fading away uh, 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 because chemicals are not good for you. But the minerals, sun care, we probably have over 90% of the market share. So if you go to your favorite retail store, I'm not going to name any, mm -hmm. but if you go to your favorite retail store, 90% of the chemical, uh, I'm sorry, mineral sun care that you see in the shelves, on the shelves is produced, researched care. by us. Wow. And do you have your own specific brand of product that you put out as Bell Laboratories yeah. or is it all contract manufacturing products that come out of here? So when I went to this business of contract manufacturing business, I didn't want to have a conflict of interest. Sure. And, and, and some companies do that. They have yeah. their own brand, and but I don't like to do that. I like to make sure that my customer knows that these platforms are for them. Gotcha. And, and so... No, I prefer not to have a brand, but somebody yeah. else's helping some other brands. Yeah, that seems honest. But we also made a lot of brands, a lot of brands that were nothing five years ago. Today, there are $200 million brands, you know. Wow. And that's the part of business that I really enjoy is making these unknown brands and uh, believing somebody's vision and helping that vision, you know, yeah. and then you see it today, I, at least I can say, at least a handful of them that I see that we help them from where they were five, six years ago and a concept, a good concept. Yeah. Uh, and then they are very big in sun care now. So yeah, that's wow. very quite satisfactory. Yeah, that's great. So what's the future like? 350 employees, hundreds of thousands of square feet of, uh, of space here. What's, what, what's the next 10 years look like? Well, the next 10 years, if I'm around, uh, I'm hoping that the company gets to the next level. And the next level that we're doing here is basically going to the prescription skincare, mm. where we work more with dermatologists sure. and giant companies, you know, giant pharmaceutical companies. But an ethical skin prescription it, uh, 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 skincare. We also expanding in our Europe. Uh, we have many customers that do sell in Europe. And then we also have customers from France or Italy. So we decided to find a centrally located place in Europe, which is, uh, we went to Serbia. And we are, as, of your as we speak, we're putting up a 65,000 square feet of manufacturing over there to take care of our customer in the United States that are selling over there. That way we can manufacture it there in two, three hours uh, driving, uh, the distribution is there rather than oceanic. Yeah. So, and it's save our, our customers money, headache, et cetera. Yeah. So that's another vision that we have, but the future is very bright for us. We have an amazing young talent here, a lot of uh, educated uh, young people, and I'm hoping soon they will run this company. Great, great. All right, Mo, let's wrap this up. I, I love your story of coming over here from... Um, Iran? Yes. And uh, as a teenage boy in New York, coming over to Mankato State University out of all places, and now you're reaching success. 350 employees, huge facility, and, and, and killing it. You know, it. It makes me think of these crybabies out here that uh, claim they're a victim and life is too hard 
and uh, they can't, you know, they're under the thumb of Big Brother, and they can't make a go out of life, and they're stuck in their little part-time job, and they, they're hating life, and, you know, they self-medicate with alcohol and whatever, and they get up in the morning and drink a Mountain Dew and uh, eat a hot dog and go back to work and do it again and just sit there and complain and complain but do nothing about it. And here you are, teenage boy, coming over from Iran, and look at you now, man. This is a great success story, and uh, I congratulate you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, hardship is important. People should go through hardship and realize where they're at, what they do. And for me, the choice was very simple. Uh, if I was going back to Iran, more likely I would be dead in the war mm. or I would be doing nothing. Right. And we're in a, we live in a, one of the greatest country. I would say great. I've been lo uh, lucky enough to travel many places. Mm. And I can tell you this, that I cherish this land. I, I, I love America and the opportunity that was provided to me. And I want to give it back. Yeah. And yes, uh, the minute you uh, become victimized and you feel that way, I mean, I had a choice to be. I mean, I still know yeah. people from Iran that, you know, they, they, they feel like victimized and they haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. But the minute you have that mentality, it's just you're defeating yourself. Right. Uh, look, if there was an opportunity, everyone in Iran would want to come home here. Oh, sure. A place of stability, economic mobility. And this is what we, this country gives, a freedom and economic mobility. That is so important. Right. So. Right. Great. Great message. Thank you, Mo. Now, if you listeners want to check out Bell International Laboratories, uh, it looks like their website is bellint, abbreviated for international. Again, that's bellintlabs.com. Bell intlabs.com. Mo, I appreciate your time, and it's an honor to sit here and talk to you. Well, thank you so much, Jason. It was a pleasure to have you here, and thank you for this. Thanks, listeners. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.